Hi, my name is James McCabe, and you're listening to the Functional Tennis Podcast. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. I'm Fabio Molle, your host. This week, I speak to 18-year-old James McCabe. I saw James's name pop up at the start of the year and it sounded very Irish. So I reached out to him to find out more. And I was right. His dad's Irish. He's been to Ireland before. So I had to get him on the podcast. And James kindly obliged. So James was one of the very few who got to practice with Novak Djokovic at the Aussie Open this year. I think Novak only had two practice sessions and he was in both of them. I know there's another Aussie kid with James talks about Oslo. And funnily enough, back in 2013, James was the kid at the coin toss for a Novak semi-final match against David Ferrer at that year's Aussie Open. So what a great experience for James. And also at the Aussie Open, James Got to play doubles winner Kyrgios and Kokonakos in the first round. He put in a respectable performance. He tells us about that. And he tells us about all his whole experience at the Aussie Open. He also tells us how he got into tennis, his plans for the future and more. As usual, before we get started, a shout out to our podcast sponsor, Slinger, who make the awesome portable ball machine, the Slinger Bag. Head over to slingerbag.com to get all the info on the bag. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out to me or you can reach out directly to the Slinger Bag team on their Instagram account at Slinger Bag. Okay, let's get chatting to James. Hi, James. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. How are you? Great. Yourself? I'm very good. Excited to talk to you. The first time I came across you, I saw the name. I was like, that sounds like a really Irish name. And I don't know the guy. So reached out to you and it was very exciting to hear you some Irish genetics in your body, which is exciting. And plus you were playing at the Aussie Open. You, you got a wild card into doubles, which I can't wait to hear about. You practice with Novak, uh, your top junior, and you've a great career ahead of you. So, yeah, excited to know more. But maybe tell us, first of all, where are you from and where are you living in Australia now? Well, I was originally born in the Philippines in Iba Zambales. And then when I was six months old, I think dad and mom decided they wanted to live in Australia. All of us, we all came here. And where about in Australia? Uh, Sydney, Australia. Sydney. When did tennis start for you? So it started when I was two and a half, Dad, because when we rent in our, in Sydney, there's a there's two tennis courts, uh, swimming pool and stuff. So Dad brought me down one day. He's like, oh, I hit a few balls. And then Dad was like, oh, wow, he can actually, it was actually pretty cool. So he just like, the, I guess it all started from there. That's when the ten, ten, both the tennis and the swimming started. You, you did multiple sports. I heard like, is it, you have a record for under 10, the beep test. You have the Australian record, is it? Yeah, for under 10s, um, I went to the AIS and we did the beep test and stuff. Because when I was younger, dad made me do a lot of different sports. He made me do soccer, did cricket, did rugby, did tennis, did swimming. And uh, when I was a bit older, I had to choose between tennis and swimming. And so at the end, I chose tennis, which I'm very happy. Did you prefer tennis? Were you better at tennis? What was the reason for choosing tennis over swimming? Well, um, I think I was 11. I won nationals for swimming and I was state champion for tennis. I kept swimming for a bit, like for the, I went to a private school in Sydney. got a full scholarship with the music and all the stuff I did throughout school. So it was a choice either between tennis, swimming. I chose tennis. Because personally, I enjoy tennis a lot more. Just like swimming every morning, waking up at four o'clock in the morning, going to school all day, and then 
four to six, swim, get home seven thirty, homework, and then wake up again four in the morning. It was just that's a tough life. Yeah, for anybody does swim, I heard the early mornings can be quite tough in the water. So you you went for tennis and you started training more. Who were you trained with in Sydney? Was your dad your coach or were you based in the academy? Uh, my dad's my coach. I do a bit of, well, I've got two mentors in, well, my dad's my full coach, but I've got two mentors. Um, uh, one of them's Wally Massour, like a Australian tennis player. Yeah, he does, helps me with a lot of stuff. And my other mentor is Sonny Bill Williams. Okay, nice. That's a that's two great mentors you got there. And what have you learned from them the most? Obviously, two great athletes. They the hard work, determination, what they've done, like especially with Sonny, like past experiences and like learning from what he thinks he did wrong and trying to make sure that I don't go down that road. And okay, with Wally, it's with tennis psychologically on the core and a lot of like i do a lot of volley work with him that's where i think a bit of my improvement can come from well a lot of my improvement can come from the volleys the aussies would be good volleyers aren't they like good servant volleyers uh, obviously you've pat rafter but i think it's a bit like in the uk in australia there's a bit of grass there there's a, a lot of servant volleying going on what is your game style oh i'd say my game style is um big uh, big pretty big serve forehand big forehand i'm just trying to get a bit more solid in my backhand a lot to improve on. I think it's just starting. Tell me, two things happened at the Aussie Open this year. First of all, you got a wild card into the the doubles and you played the, the winners. You played Kyrgios and Kokonakis, which must have been a great experience. Tell us about that. Oh, well, well it was like, it was unrealistic, to be honest, like playing in, with like a full crowd in your home country. It was just, there's no words to describe what it feels like on the court. Everyone's so loud. You're playing Nick. Playing uh, Panasi and I'm playing with Alex as well. The nerves and stuff is like some a lot of stuff I've never felt before. But at the end of the day, I really, really enjoyed it and so glad I got the opportunity and so thankful. You guys put in obviously Alex, great player as well. You put in a great performance. It wasn't the you know it was tight enough. And did you think they were going to go on and win it? Well, I knew like especially with Nick and Panasi serves, it's like it's so hard to read and return. So if you can, if you can't, like, if you don't have, like, that chance to get the ball back off the serve, it's going to be very hard for the, your opponents to get in the return games. I expected them to go pretty far, but we're in the thing that was amazing. It's crazy. And tell me, we often put up videos of Nick on functional tennis of a serve, and people are saying, best serve ever. And the players often say they don't know where it's going. How hard is it to read? What's it like sitting, sitting as a returner there? Well, Nick chucks the ball up, and it can go anywhere off every spot. So when I was training. I was training with him on uh, no two days ago because he's in Sydney now. So we're training, and then tucks the ball up in different spots, and he can hit any spot with anywhere. He moves the toss around, does he? Yeah, like when he wants to move the toss around, he can like he's that talented. He can like move the ball, but hit the exact same spot off like the ball toss, or he could just have the exact same ball toss and hit every spot on the court. And is there any reading it at all? Like, have you if fa- you found any, like, chinks in it? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's just a guess, and if you, go, if you guess the wrong way, you guess the wrong way. It's a big ace. Nice. Uh, that's, it's great. So you're putting in a few hours with Nick now. Yeah, I'm actually training with Nick and Tanasi tomorrow in Sydney. Great, great. And the second thing that was the Open is you got to practice with Novak Djokovic, probably the only guy to practice with Novak Djokovic, or did somebody else practice with him also? 
I think uh, Tristan Schoolcake got to practice with him also. Okay, great. And how did how did that come about? I do know before you answer that question that there was your picture from 2013. You were the kid doing the toss. Did Novak remember that or? Oh, uh, so like um, so when we first walked on the court, we we like had a warm up and stuff. The first drinks break, I got my phone out and we went to the net. I was like, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show Novak this. Like it was 2013. It was the semi final against Novak and. David Ferrer and so I went got my phone went to the net and I showed him and then Novak goes oh I remember this match this was 2013 semi-final and the funny thing was when I was younger I, I was always very 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 short um so and my um when I was younger my favorite player was David Ferrer so we went yeah. to the net we did all the all the pre-match stuff the umpire asked me who do I choose and then when my younger self goes David Ferrer and the and Back and David both start laughing at each other because Novak was number one in the world at the time as well. And then they just weren't expecting that. So that was pretty funny. Nice. And what was the feeling like practicing with Novak? Oh, it's like that was just an experience and a half, to be honest. It's so intense and everything's like got a, a meaning to it, everything he does. And the ball just comes back at you so quick and like he takes it so early, but it's like always five, ten centimetres away from the baseline, everything is pinpoint. It's just crazy to see what Novak can actually do when he actually trains and plays. Like to see it on the, instead of just watching it on TV. He had been, you could say, locked up for a few days beforehand. Did he, and he did, does look quite pale in the photos, but did he seem sharp on the court? He looked like, just like he was a normal self. Oh yeah, he was on fire. Nice. And any words of wisdom from him? Um, it was more with um, Goran, like D- Novak's gave me a few words of um, wisdom with like a few serve and stuff. But Goran, like when the number one thing that I got out of it was my feet. When I, when I get a bit tired, he said it needs to be a tiny bit more intense, like like split stepping. Like when Novak, before he sees the ball, he split steps once or twice before every single shot. He just says, so I need to be more like that. And then that will cut out a few of the errors as well. Uh, that session, I'm like very grateful. That I actually got a hit. And how how does it, how does it come about? Does Novak just reach out to the tennis Australian and goes, "Give me two of your best juniors"? Oh uh, no, I think um, either Paul Kilderry or Tim Jolly. So I was in my, I was in my hotel room and I was like, "Oh, I'm having the rest. I'm having a day off today because the day before I lost uh, my first round qualifying against Tabilo. And then I got a phone. I got thirty minutes before he wanted to hit. I get a message on my phone. Do you want to hit with Djokovic on Rod Laver Arena at three o'clock? And it was two thirty. So I'm like, I rang dad straight away and I was like, dad, where are you? We're going to Rod Labor now. And I remember like getting the quickest show I've ever had, running down to the courier car, just like literally bolting. Yeah, uh, that's that's brilliant. Uh, so you were super pumped and you didn't have any time to get nervous about it because you were on court before you knew it. Yeah, like I think just the car ride there was a bit nervous, but like because you're, you're training with Novak, it's like Novak's Novak is like, crazy and what did your dad think obviously a surprise for him as well oh it was, it was a big shock because like i was supposed to have the day off and then i ringed dad and he was already out there i go oh, dad I, I just got a phone call they want me to hit with novak in 30 minutes on a labor arena i'm going <laughs> and nice. booked car straight away and just went and and tell me the doubles wild card when did you know you got that we were all left in the dark for ages because they were putting pairings together. I got told, I think, two or three days before the main draw. Wally told me to wait and see, 
And then two or three days before, they rang me up and said, oh, well done, congratulations, you got a wild card into the Australian Open doubles. And then in that same phone call, they go, do you want to train with Nick Curios on John Kane Arena in three hours? Because he was doing a Netflix show or something, and they needed someone to hit with him. So that was really cool as well. You're getting, you're getting some great phone calls. Uh, so every time your phone rings, you're like, who's this next? Oh, I think I was like, I was really, really lucky, this Australian Open especially. I hit with some amazing, amazing players. Like, like I hit with Janique, uh, Janique Sinner. I hit with Matteo Berrettini. I hit with um, James Duckworth before I left. Hit with Jamie Murray before I left as well. Alexander Vukic, Chris O'Connor when they're in Sydney. Who else was there? Hit with Max Purcell. So I got amazing hits nice. while I was there before and after. So it's like this Australian Open was once like was amazing. How do, how do we do it again? How do we do it next year? How do I play? This podcast is brought to you by ASICS Tennis. ASICS is a Japanese company founded in 1949 with the purpose of giving more people the opportunity to experience how sport and movement can have a positive impact on mental well-being. That purpose is also in their name. ASICS is an acronym which means Anime Sano Incorporate Sano, a Latin phrase meaning sound mind, sound body. Today, the brand is still dedicated to that founding belief of demonstrating the positive effects sport and movement can have on our mental well-being all over the world they just launched their most innovative tennis range ever which includes the new court ff3 novak the shoe designed from the ground up with the help of novak Djokovic. get your pair now at asics.com tell me what is your plan so you've done the aussie open you've got hit with great players you're now doing a bit of training with nick and tenassi what's your plan for 2022 so i think there's a few 25,000 futures in Canberra and Bendigo. So I think there's six of them all up. So I think I'll play the two Canberra, two Bendigo, and then the two Canberra ones again. And then I think I'll go overseas for a few months, go back to Ireland, visit my aunties at the end of that trip, get spoiled, and then come back home. Let's talk about the Ireland thing. First of all, you said... Obviously, your dad's Irish, you've Irish family. You're applying for an Irish passport. Where are your family from in Ireland? Uh, so my dad's from Greenhill, Dublin. I've got three aunties. One of them's from Longford, another one's from Wicklow, and I think the last one's from Dublin. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where they're all three. I've got an uncle in Sydney. You've been over here quite a few times? I've been there twice. Last time was, I think, when I was 10. Last year, last time. Well, so a trip is due back. Well, you have to bring your rackets here. I'm in Dublin, so we'll we'll get you in a few balls with some of the the top guys over here. Yeah, I heard that you were you had a very um you were very good on the court. So I don't know who was telling you that, but uh, I don't know who said that. But question: Would you consider playing Davis Cup for Ireland? Is that a reason for getting your Irish passport, or is there other personal reasons? Uh, well, I think Australia has uh, grown up here and everything, so I think I'm going to be playing for Australia. But, you know, with Dad sometimes, oh, Ireland. So, never know, maybe, at the end, but for now. Well, I want to play with all three, but... Yeah, it's, it's tough. Look, Australia are being quite good to you, and that's the advantage of being with, sorry, a federation that holds a Grand Slam. And if you're a promising player, that you get those opportunities, and it's, it's hard to turn your back on them, or you know, after they've been so good to you. So I do understand yeah. that. But look, I think there's always a door open over here. We're always reaching out for players. But from your junior career, is there any players who stand out who 
who also we should be looking out for. I did put up a video last night of Gabriel Debreu, and he's only 16. He's, what, over two metres tall, and he was nailing some volleys. He seems to be one for the future. I noticed Arthur Who else do you think we should be watching out for, male and female? Oh, Daniel Rickon's very good. I trained with him a few times at the Nadal Academy. I didn't really play many juniors, so I don't really know many of them, to be honest. But I know a few Australians. I reckon Eddie Winter's um, really good. Um, Constantinus Kosh, I think he went oh, yeah. fourth round. This year's trying up in juniors. We had Danny Rincon, anybody listening about a few months ago on the show. Really nice guy and he's real. He's the Rafa attitude, really exciting as well. So that's a good recommendation. And also final question. Well, two final questions. One is, who is your goat? It's something we're asking all our guests now. Oh, yeah, this is a really good question. I think if you're going off, well, Nadal's got the 21 now, but... I think the guy has always been Novak Djokovic for me. He's such a humble and nice guy. So he's like a really good a guy I really look up to. So they hit with me when I'm like an 18-year-old in the... So I'd say Novak, but on stats, Nadal. Is that the difference? Because he hit with you. Had pre-Aussie Open, was he the GOAT for you? Yes. He's always okay. been the GOAT. Apart from when I the coin toss where... When, apart from, yeah, all the time has been Novak. It used to be Ferrer. It used to be Ferrer. And finally, for other juniors out there who want to be a pro, and maybe even especially Irish juniors who want to be a pro, what's your number one bit of advice you can give them? I reckon train hard. Always have that determination. And when you don't feel like doing it, just do it. And just do it to your best of your ability. Just show up. Because if you don't show up, nothing will ever happen. Nice. James, thank you very much. Really appreciate that. Best of luck in 2022. And I hope to see you hit a few balls over here in Dublin. Yeah, hopefully. I'll come and hit a few with you as well. Really hope you enjoyed that episode with James. What a great opportunity he had. And I wish him all the best in 2022. And can't wait to get him over here in Dublin to hit some balls. Thanks a lot and have a great week. Bye. Bye.